Hi, this is Dr. Tracy Jones, and on today's Crisis Leadership Podcast, we're going to talk about when collective efficacy isn't collective. And why this is important is no matter what you do as a leader or how many great followers you have, there are still going to be some people in your organization that are not all in. And today in our podcast, we're going to talk about how to spot it and what to do about it. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks so much for joining us on our Crisis Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about the cold, hard facts as a leader, and that is when collective efficacy isn't collective. Now, in our last podcast, I talked about collective efficacy, which is the whole team coming along for the better good of the organization. But what happens if you have a fissure in the organization. If you have a fracture where half the people want to go along with this and half the people don't. For example, during my case study of the merger that I did, half of the senior staff were for it and half were not. And it was pretty much a 50-50 split. And the interesting thing was, and leaders need to be aware of this, even though the merger was approved uh, by regulatory procedures and by processes, it was okay to go, but where it fell apart was not on principle, but based on personality. So understand, no matter what you do as leaders, and where you need the organization to go, followers still have to decide if they're coming aboard or they're not. And you might just have some followers that refuse to come on to the new normal. As a matter of fact, that's going to happen. And many of you listen to this, it's probably happening right now. So what on earth are you going to do? Well, let's talk about this. Let's break this down because this is where leadership really happens. Leadership is easy if everybody goes along with it. Heck, you don't even need leaders then because everybody just does the right thing all the time and is autonomous and self-disciplined. Gee, wouldn't that be a wonderful world to live in, okay? But this is the world we live in and we have to find as many of those people as we can and cultivate the ones that can be brought there. But what about the rest? What about the rest that aren't going to come on board? My favorite theory of leadership, you know, there's servant leadership, transformational. Uh, I like the nitty gritty one called LMX, Leader Member Exchange. And what this talks about is the actual dyadic or two-sided coin between leaders and followers. Leadership and followership is a dance, okay? You need to both show up, follow your steps, and work in unison. Otherwise, it's really, really ugly on the dance floor, okay? So LMX talks about increasing interaction and organizationally enhancing levels of interaction. And one of the things they talk about with this is they call it the in-group and the out-group. So when you're new to a job, you are you have the boss here, you have the follower here, and there's kind of strangers, okay? They don't really know each other. But as time goes on, Lord willing, and you're out of your probation, period, you start to, as a follower, gain more trust because you're doing stuff. And then you can do, do stuff without being looked at. And then hopefully you get up to management and you start doing stuff by getting stuff done through other people and you keep climbing up the chain if you want to. Some people just want to keep doing the execution stuff, which is fine. But what they call this is the in-group and the out-group. So the more you spend time with the leader, the leader and the follower spend time 
together. It's just like practicing a dance routine. You get to know each other. You get to know the level of expectations. And when the highest form of LMX interchange is when you get to uh, the point where the leader and the follower are honestly really co-followers and co-leaders, and they can flip over to each other's role at any time. This is brilliant. If you've got followers on your team that you can just not just trust, but entrust, count your lucky stars, okay? Because that is what every organization should be, should be striving for. So they call this the in-group and the out-group. And the people that are in, in the in-group are the ones that really have built organizational citizenship behaviors. We talked about that last time. They can be trusted. They act ethically. They don't waste time. Um, they, they get stuff done. They don't, if they make mistakes, they own them. They, they really have this extra show up. They figure out solutions without you waiting to tell them what to do. They're in the in-group, okay? The out-group is the people that really, the outliers that just, they're passive. They, they, they um, you gotta prod them. You gotta follow up. You gotta light a fire under them. You gotta, you gotta do all these things to try and get them just to show up and earn a paycheck. Check, okay, and I watch a lot of the people um, in the research, and they're like, "Oh, this isn't right." What do you mean it's not right? It's life. I mean, if you're gonna fight me on everything, how can you be in my in group? Do you have friends in your inner circle that go behind your back and steal from you, or stab you in the back, or do this stuff? No, okay. You want followers that are in the in group, okay? So when you have this collective efficacy, and you decide how you're gonna get through this crisis, everybody has to be all in. And in this merger I looked at, even after the merger happened, there was still a pronounced group of people that didn't want to happen and they let the new organization know every step of the way. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So with LMX, Theory of Leadership, you always have people that are more engaged than others, but when the crisis happens, people typically tend to fall into two camps. One, they're excited. Woo, this is a way to move forward. We're going to get through this fog and friction. Here we go. Or they get entrenched. Heck no, I won't go. I want it the way it was. I didn't like it before. I really don't like this new way, okay? And they're gonna really just dig in and become entrenched, okay? So an organizational crisis is really less about processes and principles, and it's more about personalities and preferences, okay? And leaders need to be aware that even though an opportunity makes sense to them on paper, employees that are less evolved on the LMX scale, in other words, they're not really all in, or they're kind of in the out group, they're going to be more self-focused. Hence, the need to assess the organization before you determine if you can count on them to help you get out. Now, the last podcast, we talked about SOB or OCB. So the uh, followers, or even the leaders in some cases, that are more concerned about their own self, you're going to see them on the lower end of the LMX because they're going to be uh, more motivated about themselves and less about the organization. So this comes out pretty quick in a crisis. Who's really in it for the good of the organization and who's not, who's in your in-group, who's in your out-group. You need to pay attention to this because you're going to come out of this. What do you do with the people that were in the out-group throughout the crisis? You're going to have to deal with this. this. This organization that I talked to with the merger, they had to deal with it. So leaders and followers and co-leaders and anybody with a brain in their heads that wants to, to live to show up and get another paycheck and continue to gain experiences and live a tremendous life, you need to be aware. You need to drill down and really watch and see um, uh, there are pockets of people that may be saying one thing to you, but going back to the water cooler or wherever or, or something. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Dot com.